Welcome to another episode of Sales with Aslan. I'm your host, Tom Stanfill, and here with my extraordinary co-host, Dr. Tab Norris, the Chuck Norris of sales training. Oh, you- Tom. I like the doctor. That's a nice little addition. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I haven't earned that, but I'll take it. <laughs> you haven't. You have in my book, my friend. You have definitely earned doctor of sales training. Oh, my brother, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm fantastic. Um, like always, I love our time together and uh, get to talk about some truth. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm overly optimistic to have about our topic today. That's my new superlative, overly optimistic. I don't know if that's a superlative. I'm, I'm struggling with the, with the definition of superlative. For those See, of you yeah. who heard our last podcast, we talked yeah. about superlatives. But, uh, but I am... I am uh, I've gotten interested in this topic of confidence, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm. Um, is you know, we one of our focus areas, and one of the things we like to highlight on the podcast, and actually everything we do at Aslan is study extraordinary people, mm. and more specifically, extraordinary sellers, extraordinary leaders. And one of the things I've noticed, and I've always been fascinated by, is how confident they are. People that are very influential are extremely confident. They speak with definitive statements. They, they, they position themselves. They command the stage. People listen to them. They speak with authority. <laughs> they speak with, I, I love the quote that kind of describes them. I remember uh, somebody was interviewing Stephen Colbert. Oh and yeah. He said, and, and I, it may have been Oprah. I don't know who was interviewing, but he said, people, Americans buy certainty. They don't buy facts. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. And, and when sales and leading, you know, we need to be certain we need to be, you know, we need to be confident. So I want to talk about how do we, how do we be, how do we communicate with confidence so that people will respect us, listen to us, follow us. And uh, a lot of us struggle with that. I've struggled with that from time to time. So wanted to share the big five questions that will help you determine if you're struggling with confidence, what you can do about it. Are you you're with me, Tab? What do you think? I'm with you. Well, I was good. You know, it's kind of interesting. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this subject as well, because mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've always just assumed you were born that way. You know, <laughs> yeah. seriously, like, yeah. you know, that person, they just. Yeah, they, they just, just kind of look like that. Yeah, they, don't, they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. And they but mm-hmm. I, it's it's uh, but you're right. I, I think there, there are ways that we can improve and we can make mm-hmm. that stronger. So I'm and I think, you know, I think that's a good point to have, because sometimes we think of people that communicate with authority or confidence have a certain type of personality. Mm-hmm. And it's really not a personality or even a, a level of charisma. It's it's almost um, it, it emanates, which we're going to talk about today from knowledge that they really know what they're talking about. And there's people that say things very quietly, but yeah. very succinct and, and with, you know, a lot of clarity and everybody's like, yep. Okay. That guy knows what he's talking about. That woman knows what they're talking about. So we want to talk about it. You yeah. know, and some people speak with really, you know, loud, booming voice and passion, but that all emanates from, from a certain, some certain truths. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So Excellent. number one question that we need to ask ourselves if we're struggling with our confidence or we're sensing that people maybe aren't listening to us is, are you relying on other people's information about your solution? In other words, are you relying on someone else's truth about what you do and how you solve your customer's problem? Or is this truth that you figured out for yourself? And and I'll give you a little quick example to have. I know you have one that I want you to share. Yeah. um, Early in the early days of Aslan, 
we were working with a large home builder. I don't know, they must've built 500,000 houses a year. And they had a large sales force. And as part of our process is we were, I wanted to meet with the number one sales guy. And one of the hot topics in the organization was the new builder that had come in town who was building it seemingly the same house, but less expensive. And so a lot of people were like, they all, and the, you know, the, the training organization and the leadership was all telling the reps what to say, <laughs> you know, here's what you need to say about why we're better. And then, you know, a lot of the reps yeah. would just write it down and then they would just, okay, that's what you want me to say. And, and I met with a top rep and I said, so what did you do? Because how do you sell against this, this nemesis, this, you know, this villain? He goes, I went to their houses. <laughs> I love it. He goes, I walked through every single model home I could walk through. I looked at everything they did. I looked at where they got their wallpaper. I looked at their sink. I, he goes, he goes, I know more about their house than they do. And he says, I know we're better. And here's the reasons. And he listed it. I'm like, I'm, I'm in, I'm buying. I mean, I, I just was completely convinced because he was convinced. And I know you, you, uh, you kind of have a similar story. Yeah. Well, I love that because it wouldn't, he, if he hadn't done, if he hadn't gone and figured out his own truth, you're right. right. He would have mm -hmm. just been like everybody else. That is what separates the good to great, right? That's a perfect example of that. Right. And I'm going to give you the bad example. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, when you, you, when yeah. you were, you needed to listen to this podcast 30 way years ago. Yeah, right. way long. I was a youngster, Tom, the yeah. early days. Talk to me. First sales job, first out of college, 22 years old, thought I knew it all, my friend. I'm mm -hmm. sure you remember those days. I, I Coming was through. very much that I was very much that guy. Yeah. Motorola days, you know. That's called uh, stupid confidence. <laughs> stupid confidence. <laughs> I didn't have what we're talking yeah, about here. Yeah. So I came, I did, you know, I blew through training. I crushed it, you know. Yay, I'm awesome. And I'm I'm heading out, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm heading out to my first big meeting, one of my first big meetings, a large construction company yeah. in Atlanta. And I was so confident, you know, you know mm -hmm. I just came in with just brimming with confidence because I right. got all A's and all my tests and training yeah. in Chicago. I know this stuff. Right. I know this They're stuff. lucky to have me. So he fires in a price objection at me, Your which customer? of course I'm completely equipped for the customer, mm -hmm. the customer completely equipped for I've, I've crushed this one before. And, and um, so bottom line is I give him the company line of why he should, he should spend 30% more on our equipment because mm -hmm. it was well worth it. And I gave all these details and it was really great. And in role plays up in Chicago, it worked like a dream. And he stopped me and I'm just smiling at him and he goes, well, but can you just, Tab, tell me some examples of how that has worked out for some other construction companies in this area. <laughs> so in other words, you obviously have the experience because you know where this information comes from. Oh, you I, I was so confident. Yeah. Instantly, I'm just like, well, you know, that's a really good question. I mean, I had nothing to say. I'm just like, just trust me. I mean, really, literally, just trust me. I love that. I mean, it just, it was a disaster. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was so confident it's just tanks because yeah. it's to your point. I was banking on somebody else's truth, right? Oh, so true. If you can't truth. begin the sentence with, here is what I've seen, mm. or in my experience, the customers that have done this, or here's what I've experienced. If you speak from your own truth, you're going to be confident. So that shook you. Yes. I and mean, we rattled. all, we, we all experience that. And I think the really key, and I've seen this with, with, you know, hundreds of reps that I've worked with. There's to me, I divide them into two categories. There's people that go, why is that true? You know, like one of the things I'll tell people in the Joy Aslan, I say there's 11 unique roles in sales, 
right? So we, we have training specifically for these 11 roles because they're slightly different and they need slightly different. And so some people just write that down and other people are like, what do you mean by that? And they just pepper me with questions. Well, why is there 11? Why is there 12? What does that mean? That's a little. And so because what they're doing is they're taking my truth and it making their truth. So it's good to listen like you did at Motorola, but we got to verify. And I think it's too easy for us to just say, okay, that's what they said. But we've got to have that level of curiosity. Love it, Tab. Well, especially people that are overly optimistic. You know, that's Mm -hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. the superlative that you won. Yeah. Um, it, it, no, seriously. I yeah. mean, you know, I, you know, if someone like me who tends to be pretty optimistic, it's easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of having a curious, and I, I like the question, who told you that? Mm. Where'd yeah. you Where hear you learn that? that? Where'd, where'd you, you where'd you that? come from that? Where, where'd you find that out? Why do you think that's true? And so you keep peeling the mm. onion and until you can, you feel confident and believe it, then it's not yours. So you got to make it. Number question, is it your truth? Every customer nice. you're serving, right, has a problem and your solution helps them solve the problem. What are the truths related to solving the problem? And so you got to make it your truth. And, and the good news is you can steal the truth. Right. You just sounds wrong. You can, yeah, you can steal it. You, like if somebody else says, well, here's the three things that have to happen for a customer to solve this problem. You can write those three things down and then just go, go verify that. All right. Number two, Tab, are you ready for number two? I'm a little scared, but yes. Yeah, number two, ask yourself. The first question you ask yourself is, are you relying on other people's information and not your own? Second, is your goal to serve? Mm. Now, th- this one may not sound... Uh, it may not sound like, well, that, what does that have to do with confidence? Well, the problem is if you're trying to win or you're trying to avoid unwanted information, like bad news, it shakes yeah. your confidence because ultimately motive is transparent, right? Mm. So that's, that's a truth. Okay. So I'm throwing the truth out there. <laughs> so go verify is motive is ultimately transparent. And so when I'm trying to win a deal, regardless of, uh, you know, what's really right for the customer, then uh, people are going to know it. I'm going to know it and they're going to know it. It's going to, it's going to rattle your confidence. I, I mm-hmm. have a great example of this, Tom. Tell I, me about it. I mean, this just happened. This was last week. Mm-hmm. I was with a buddy of mine and he was raving. He's trying to move to my town and right. he's re- looking for a house and he's raving about his, mm-hmm. his real estate agent. And I'm like, I don't usually hear people raving about their real estate. It's like, I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, wow why is she so magically wonderful? Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm thinking it's got to be, she gets a lot of houses for him. He, she's very relational. She's doing all these things. And, and here's what his answer was. He said, she, she's so confident um, and, and she's constantly uncovering every time they go in a house, she's constantly figuring out and uncovering why they should, why he should not buy this house. That's her, the way she approaches every house is we're going to pick this thing apart. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you all the reasons you shouldn't buy it. And he goes, it's amazing. It's like, she makes her money on commission selling houses. And it's, if she doesn't want me to buy, she's going to protect me at all All costs. And Mm -hmm. he said, it makes me, I would never use a different real estate agent. Think about how free that makes us. If we're standing in front of the customer and our focus and our only focus is, is what's right for them. What is the truth? And I'm okay with the truth, whatever that is. Don't, don't buy our solution or move in this direction or move it because it, it allows us to be free. We're not begging yeah. for deal. 
one of our senior people told the story yesterday of working with one of our uh, large customers several years ago. And the customer was very early in the stages of saying, well, we're, we're bringing in all these different divisions and I'm in the process of trying to figure out whether we should, it's a training solution we need, or do we need a consulting solution or do we need to do just, or do we just need to do organizational, you know, look at bringing an organizational consultant and figure out how do we meld and, and integrate all the different divisions. And, and our person, our, our senior person said, I don't know if you need training, which is what we sell. Because I don't know. Right now, I'm still confused as to whether you need training. Here's the five or three, you know, here's the five things will tell me if you need, let's go down this road together and figure out what you need. And so with that, you're speaking with such confidence because you're, you're free. You're not trying to, I'm trying to get you to do something and I'm uncomfortable and unsure if you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You're so con It is freeing and it builds so mm -hmm. much credibility too, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I just feeds. Well, I remember you, you kind of were, uh, I remember you told the story one time of you got an objection because somebody <laughs> didn't want to take, so we charge licensing for our content. Cause it's our, you know, it's our, um, our capital, what do you, uh, you know, intellectual property, intellectual yeah. property. Thank you. I was, I was basing on that term. And somebody didn't want to pay for that. So, and you, what, what did you say? Oh yeah, that that was great. Uh, yeah, we were going through. You know how you go through the whole sales process. We're at the end. We're wrapping it mm -hmm. up, and they're like, "Hey, Ted, this looks fantastic. Everything looks good. We're ready to go. Hit all. Mm -hmm. We're going to start rolling this training out." They said, "We love everything in the in the here except for that licensing thing. Like you said, right. this intellectual property. Oh, if yeah. you can just take that out, we'll sign this thing. We're good to go." I'm said, "No problem. I can get it right out of there, and that's going to mm -hmm. greatly reduce the." the cost on this thing. I said, all, I just want to be clear though. I, I, I'll, all I'll have to do is um, we can deliver whatever program you want to deliver. If you can just get that program over to me, I'll make sure that I get my facilitators up to speed so they can go actually deliver that program. So if you can mm -hmm. just get that to me, I can get that out of thing. She goes, well, well, that's why we're talking to you. We don't have a program. I said, exactly. <laughs> that's why you're going to pay that little fee right there because that's 20 plus years of us building that program that mm. you don't have. Yeah. And, it, and she's and like, so the okay. And done. what if she, and if she would have said, uh, yeah, we have a great program and it, it addresses this, then you would have said, Fine. you can't, you can't lose. You can't, can't be lose. shaken. You can't be. Um, because again, motive is motive is ultimately transparent. And so you're comfortable thinking if you're really to serve the customer. I remember I was in a similar situation um, when we were working with FedEx years ago and they had a training program in place for um, it was free to the division we were working with. And I remember we were talking free. It was free. You can't, I mean, it was, and it was, it was offered by a well-known organization and it was free to the, to the head of this division we were talking to. And I, and, and we were talking to their inside sales organization. That's who, that's what, that was his organization that he was responsible for. And I said, if the program that you offer addresses the 18 unique challenges of selling over the phone and an inside sales, then you should use that program. And I oh, said that very, I said that very confidently because I believed it. I, would, I wasn't having to try and make up anything. I wasn't having to engineer. I'm like, this is the truth. If you're there's there's unique challenges inside sellers face. If the program addresses that, you should do that. So I knew that truth because and how did I know that truth? Because I'd spent time verifying that and, and studying that. So love it. All right, let's move to number number three question, Tavin. This may be, I think, the most difficult one, but I think what maybe sets us apart uh, when we think about uh, speaking with confidence and people 
listening to what we we say and and really gaining the respect of our audience, especially the decision makers who typically don't meet with sellers, mm. right? And so we're trying to if we want to move up the upstream. We need, to, we need to communicate and demonstrate that we're not just somebody that provides the same information that we would provide on the, on the internet, on the Google, right? We need to be able to help. If they're going to follow us, we need to be somebody worth they're going to lead. So I think the number one driver, even though it's our third question, Tab. But see, you worked it up. You but I worked it up. it up. I built it up. Yeah. Is have you identified the principles related to your solution? And here's what I mean by that. So truth can be is pretty broad term. Truth can be about, you know, facts about what you offer. It can be about ROI. Um, it can be answers to questions. It could be, you know, any information that you need to provide. What's the truth related to that? Um, but principles are laws that are always, that always occur. Like one of the things that we might say in our, when we're working with an organization is change happens one-to-one, not in a workshop. Yep. Right. So that's not just a truth. It's like a principle. If you want change to happen, you've got to be able to work with people on a one-to-one basis. And so I think that's really critical for, for, for either sellers or leaders is to identify what are the principles related. If so, what, it, what tells you in any situation, if you do this, this will happen. And that's, that's one of the things that drives confidence. Yeah. And you've always been, you've, you taught me that, you know, when we first met, you've mm-hmm. always been about true, about principles. I mean, everything's principles. You, you, cause you always, you've always said, um, that's something you can always rely upon. Yeah. And, and it's and and when you start questioning or you're struggling, just always go back to that principle. What is the principle? And it just, it's very comforting. It, it's like, yeah. you got a rock that you can kind of stand yeah. on. Cause you're not going to violate that. You know, what's interesting too, is, 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 is everybody, when it's really a principle, they're like one of the principles that we share in our program is when someone's emotionally closed, mm. the more you try to persuade them, the, do they, the, do they come to you or do they move away? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. The more you try to persuade someone that's emotionally closed, the more closed they become. Everybody, everybody agrees with that because they know it's true. It's like the, the tug of war principle. You say you try yeah. to pull somebody or force somebody down, they pull back. They resist and everybody goes, yep, that's true. And so no one ever disagrees with that. It's just because we all know it's a principle. It's like, you know, it's like, it's just, if you jump off a cliff, you will fall. Yeah. I don't know what that principle is. (laughs) I guess it's not a law of gravity. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So you, you, obviously you do a lot of coaching. Yep. um, Yeah. And your role. And that's some of, you know, you work, we talked about working with leaders. What are some principles that you've seen um, that are important for leaders to understand? Yeah. I mean, it's this, I mean, I always, I talk a lot, obviously I spend a lot Mm -hmm. of time with sales leaders and um, it's, we're selling, we're selling salespeople on changing behavior on Mm -hmm. changing, you know, just changing the the way they approach becoming better at what they do. So it's the same, it's the same truth, but the, one of the, one of the, one I use oftentimes mm-hmm. is you think about, and I think anybody that's that coaches that's in a sales leadership position, mm-hmm. you've had somebody on your team that maybe had an ego problem, maybe right. didn't really want to hear feedback, right. feel like they have it all figured out. I don't think I'm alone in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just very unreceptive. Right. Um, 
and which a, can, can shake our confidence oh. when they when they sort of push back or challenge your recommendation. And they're always very confident. Yeah. These people are pretty much pretty darn confident. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have an ego problem, you're you know, and, it, and it can shake you. It can rattle you as a leader mm-hmm. thinking, well, you know, so so the principle I go back to is it helps me be confident mm-hmm. is the is the polar principle, right? Mm-hmm. Which the whole I, the concept here is that if if I want someone to understand my point of view, I need to first understand their point of view, right? I need yeah, to be able, be able right. to articulate their point of view. Well, mm-hmm. that is a principle. It's just it's not fuzzy. It's not iffy. And so the greatest thing I can do instantly, I, and I, I just was talking to a sales leader the other day. He was asking about a situation. I said, "What's mm-hmm. the principle?" I said this to him. He goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "We talk. What's the principle?" He goes, "Oh, it's that take the trip thing, right?" I said, "Yes. What is the truth? Right. I need to first start with him." He goes, "Well, but I already know everything about this guy." I said, I, 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 "Back to the principle. What's the principle? Yeah. Even if you think you know the truth, even if you do know the truth, mm-hmm. you focus on them first. And understand their perspective. So that is one that's very powerful when you're doing any kind of coaching. Mm, that's such good. And that, you know, and you look at all of the, the Ted talks and the people mm. that go viral and they have millions and millions of followers or millions and millions of listeners or watches or likes or whatever you want to, however you want to measure it. They speak in principles, you know, they speak in, and you know, we can, you could call them truce, but really the it's, it's, they speak in these, these laws about how humans work. And we're hungry for that because a lot of people are confused and that's our job in sales or leadership is to provide clarity around what needs to happen and what you need to do. And, you know, like sometimes I will say to organizations that are working with when I'm in, you know, we're getting to know them. I'll say the why behind change is actually more important than the what. You know, I'll say, why, why do you want people to sell more? Right. Right. Because ultimately the why drives their motivation to sell and it's not just money. And so it's, what's the why? Now, of course, Simon Sinek talked about that. We need to focus on selling, uh, you know, fo- people buy the why, not the what or the how. And so, he, you know, mm-hmm. I stole a little bit of that from Simon, but that's, that really, it gives us confidence in communicating. And also people will write down when you communicate a principle, people will write it down. All right, number, let's move on to number four tab. Number four question is, are you clear about who you are serving? Mm. And another way to say that is, are you clear about who you are not serving? In other words, we are not right for everybody. You you can't serve everybody. And I think when people are clear about saying, we do this for these organizations, and another way of saying that is we don't work with these organizations. We, if you'd want this, or you're interested in this, or you need the, this is who we are. And they're very clear versus looking desperate and saying, Oh, well, we can do anything for anybody. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a doctor. You need help. I'll do it. Whatever, whatever you, whatever you want. I, I got it versus nope. We, we are very clear. And the cool thing is, is this is how I remind myself to, to be passionate about who I serve and who I don't serve is that if I really want raving fans, I'm going to have to have people that don't like me. Mm. You know, I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I'm clear about who I am, um, I'm clear about certain things that we are passionate about. And then some people aren't going to like that. And I got to be okay with that, which drives my confidence. Well, it drives your confidence because you're playing in your lane. Yeah. You know, I learned that early. And when we started Aslan, I tried Mm -hmm. to take care of everybody. 
Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. Annex training. I'm your man. I got, I'll annex you all day long. My friend, I can do anything for everything, which is not good. Cause you, you can't be really confident. Whereas you we know, <laughs> you remember, you got to tell the, the story of the annex. Okay. So those of you listening, I have no idea what taps on the annex. So this is, this is early, early days. And this is 26 years ago. Tab and I were on one of our first projects and we were working for a manufacturing <laughs> company and we were doing a project that we really didn't know what we were doing. We were hanging parts. We were, yeah, we were training, <laughs> we were training people to team train. We were buying team training to people who weren't in teams. Not in our lane. <laughs> but we exactly. needed a paycheck and we need, we were not confident and we were not in our lane. No. And somebody said, well, do you do work with annexes? And he goes, yeah, we do annex training. <laughs> <laughs> that has become i don't even know what annex neither one is. of us knew what they were talking about but the answer was yes you guys train annex people yeah we train yes, we, we train do. annex people and any people uh, any kind of people any, <laughs> any kind of people doing anything and tom to your point i could have been i was real confident when i said it but yeah. any follow-up question the confidence yeah. falls off the universe right yeah yeah but oh, yeah exactly man. Mm. Yeah, it will. The fake confidence will get you. Will get you so far. It'll, but it, it's gonna fade. It's gonna fade. Uh, so be clear about who you. Be clear about who you. I think that's big. You're I think that's. I big really for do. People. Yeah, it's like, and and so you can say that early, early on, and say, and you obviously we don't. We can be very specific, specific enough about it that we don't alienate people that we do serve. Yeah. But if you're if you're clear, because like one of the things we're passionate about is teaching sellers to serve. I mean, ultimately that we believe fundamentally you're more successful and fulfilled when you serve your customers. And so some people don't buy into that. All right. But if I've made the decision, that's okay. If you don't want, if you don't embrace our philosophy, then we probably, we don't need to work together and that's fine. And yeah. that, that helps me, that, that helps me get more comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Because we have a sense of saying, ah, I got to, I got to make this yeah. happen. Yeah. They're all about process and speed and they don't really care about it, but we got to make it work because we need money. We, we need money. And we've, you know, I, I can speak for both of us. We've had moments where we've mm. slipped and it never, it never pays off. Nope. Nope. So, that's good. All right. The last, the last question um, to help you determine what's keeping you from being confident is it simply, have you had enough at bats? Mm. Because you may have the knowledge you may have identified your principles. You may know the truths about everything related to, to helping your customer solve their problem. Uh, and you may, have chosen, you may have chosen who you're going to serve and you may have the right motive. But when you're, when you're on stage and the spotlight's hot and they're saying, all right, go. If you haven't had enough at bats, you're not going to be confident. You really, you need to be in putting those situations enough to where you're comfortable. And I'll give a quick example tab, but I'm, I'm sure you have one. When we, yeah. when everything shifted to virtual and I had to start giving talks virtually, I went from being very confident, you know, quote unquote, standing on a stage and looking at people in the eye. And at first I was not at all. First I was very uncomfortable speaking. It just felt very awkward to me. I was more of a one-on-one guy. I was very afraid. And, and so it took me, multiple uh, at bats or attempts before I would could finally stand on a stage and, and be confident and probably more, more at bats for me than somebody else. And I was fine. And then all of a sudden we went virtual and now I'm looking at the wall, I'm looking at a camera and nobody, <laughs> and I was uncomfortable again. Yeah. And so there's just a certain number of reps that we need to have. And we need to yeah. put ourselves in that situation enough to where we get comfortable. And then we can stand and, and communicate with confidence because our brain shuts off when we're super nervous our brain shuts off. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which, you know, it was feeds into what I'm a big fan of when I, mm-hmm. when I speak to uh, developing people as sales leaders um, is you got to create an environment where people can fail. Yeah. You got to create an environment where you try things, give it mm-hmm. a shot, do your best. And that's okay because that's how you get at bats. You're not going to be, I mean, gosh, you th- virtual is a perfect example, yeah. you know, from a sales as well as a delivery standpoint, it was scary. You have people that have been doing this for 20 years right. and all of a sudden now it's a whole different game. And I'm like, Hey, it's okay. Get in there, roll up your sleeves, give it all you got. Your confidence will build. We're going to do lots of simulations. We're going to get a lot of fake at bats. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the only word. That's what's got to happen. Yeah. And just embrace it. <clears throat> embrace that when you do something new, especially if you're new in sales yeah. and in, in your, you're going to get in front of, you know, to present something also you get questions and, and you're presenting to either one really difficult customer or three people or, yeah. Just expect, just expect it. It's, it's, you know, it's not going to be perfect and just embrace, embrace that process and get enough reps. And then the confidence will come versus saying, you know what, that didn't go well. I'm not good at this. Yep. You know, I'm not, it, it, let that undermine your confidence. Just say, this is part of the process and just keep pushing forward and embrace failure. Because I think one of the reasons I was uncomfortable with feedback uh, early on is because I didn't want to hear the bad news. Yes. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't, I was, I didn't have the, uh, I guess, character really to say, hmm. tell me, I know I'm a got, got flaws. I know I need to improve. Tell me how to improve. It was, it was really an insecurity. And then yeah. as I got older and more mature, I'm like, of course, of course, I'm not perfect. Of course I need help. So, so, yeah. Bring it on. Tell me. And it wasn't yeah. personal. It was about helping me serve my customer better. Yeah. Tom, somebody told me this was, I, was, I thought it was a really good question. This was years yeah. ago. They said, Tab, where do you, you seem like you really enjoy speaking and you enjoy communicating. And I said, Mm -hmm. yes, I do. You know, and you seem very comfortable and confident that I said, well, well, thank you. You know, I like that kind of feedback, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I can, I'll accept that. Accept that. And they go, um, so how are you going to continue getting better? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, he goes, I would, I would encourage you. You're really, what, 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 size group do you feel really comfortable communicating with? Mm. I said, like, you know, like 25 to 40 people. It's like perfect. He said, so when are you going to sign up to teach 200 people or maybe 500 people? And I said, what do you mean? He said, guess what? You've got to start stretching yourself. You, because if you're comfortable here, now you need to move here. See, and then what it does think of, and and guess what happens? You get a whole lot more confident when you're in front front of 50 people, when Mm. you've been communicating in front of 250 people. That's exactly right. It's it. It's true. It's really true. Yeah. You've got it. You've got to push yourself outside your comfort zone or you're going to slowly die. I mean, basically that's where, I mean, that's where growth happens is outside of our comfort zone and just embrace it and embrace it. So those, the people that are confident when we see that we watch them on stage or we watch them do their thing, it's because they've fallen a lot. Like right now yeah. we're in the Olympics, you know, these people yeah. have fallen a lot. And so that's why they're good at what they do. Yeah. Um, one cautionary thing I want to say, because there is, as we pursue this, uh, this, you know, goal of being able to speak with authority and stand for front of people so that we can communicate in such an effective way that people embrace our recommendation. Um, there is, there is um, something we need to be aware of is sometimes confidence can lead to arrogance. Mm. and we can, we can, it's almost like we feel so good about knowing the truth that we communicate to other people as if they're less than. 
And so we want to always guard against communicating, hey, this is what I've learned, right? And I'm, and I'm going to share with you some truths that I've learned. You may already know this, but here's what I've learned. And here's the things that I, here's the principles that I've developed over the years, or here's the truths of the customers that I've served. Um, here's the things that I've learned. Because when we talk and communicate as equals, then people are much more readily uh, um, receptive to the recommendation or our point of view. But when we talk down to people, then they're, they're going to resist it. The other thing is the other, uh, the opposite of that is true is when we talk as if we, we communicate to them as if we're below them. Well, I don't know if, I don't know if this is something you want to do, but you know, I'm just a little salesperson <laughs> and you're Mr. You're Mr. Executive. You know, that's not effective either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you did something right there in your first example that I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to a, a nice litmus, I mean, you, you drop the rope. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, which I think is, is very powerful. It, it's, it's, it's a great checkpoint. Right. Uh, you know, if, if you're very confident and you're feeling very, you know, you can always say, Hey, you may already get this. I think that's a great thing to add to yeah. as a checkpoint to make sure that you're really, you know, trying your best to stay pretty humble and not be arrogant. Mm-hmm. I always think of it as just switching these two words instead of sh- you should, you should do these things versus should you. Yeah. You know, what yeah. I've learned, I always like to think of as I'm speaking in the eye, you know, here's what I've learned and mm-hmm. here's what, uh, here's what my experience has taught me. Here's what I learned from my customers, or here's what I've learned and rolling this out over, you know, 20 plus years doing it hundreds of times, or, or if you're even, and this is another thing we get, we, the important point uh, to, to, you know, was kind of circle back to one of the truths we mentioned earlier. A lot of the truths we can find by talking to our other customers that are currently using our stuff Right. They're a great source, you know, mm-hmm. because we have access to all these decision makers who are most of us have who are currently clients and we can talk to them about what's worked. And that can be the source of our confidence and what we share. So just something to watch out for and something that I have to always uh, guard against is get the, sort of that. I know everything because I've been doing this a long time. And you ought to listen to me, which really comes from sense of insecurity. I'm trying to sell myself. <laughs> rather than this sort of, you know, place of being grounded and speaking from an authentic self of saying, this is what I've learned. This is what we're about. And this is what people have done. And I hope it can, I can help you. Yeah. Well, Tab, I've loved, uh, love this conversation with you as always. Um, good to catch up with you, my friend. Um, you too. This hope, was great. <laughs> hope our listeners have found it helpful and we're, and if you have found it helpful, we'd love to hear from you. Like the podcast or give us comments because this is uh, one of the ways that we become uh, recognized by other people who are looking for quality podcasts or it encourages us to, con- to continue is when we get feedback. So really appreciate that. Right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Sales with Athlete. Mm-hmm.